KG, and this is not safe for networks. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So we're doing this outside because it's hot and uh, it's just a nice night. And it's been a couple years since we did this, actually. Yeah, and it feels nice having a beer and a cigarette out on the outside in the outdoors. Who are we kidding? We're going to have multiple beers and cigarettes. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. But... I guess Comic-Con's this week, right? Did it just start today, yesterday? I don't know exactly when it started. I think I it might have started underway. yesterday. Because I know they started dropping stuff on the net today. Yeah, so um, so what? we'll probably cover some of it. I'm sure we won't get to all of it, but I know there's going to be a lot more stuff that drops. So just remember, if you listen, it's a little bit late. We'll have more next week for sure. Like all the stuff that we miss. I mean, this is our bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely cover it. It's but... just a long way from home. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we might as well start with... Uh... So you had me watch the Night Flyers trailer just now. So that is the new George R. R. Martin series. He, well, he... Uh... He's got an exec- executive producer credit for this because he wrote the book okay. that it's based on. So he's not actually show running, right? Running this. Yeah, I guess I said it like as in like Game of Thrones is George R. R. Martin, but we know he's not the showrunner. It's like D.B. Weiss and yeah. somebody else. I don't remember the other guy's name. I apologize for the dogs barking. That's probably going to happen from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> Just deal with it. It's a little bit of ambiance. But anyway, um, so what struck me from the Nightflyers thing right away was like they had the sci-fi thing in the corner. And I was like, wow, this is really good special effects for a sci-fi show. And yeah, they're pumping a lot of money into this show. I mean, I don't have any specifics, but I'm... You can just tell. Like, yeah. you can tell from the trailer. It's the way it's lit, the way the, the shots that they use and stuff. They're clearly... It's not It's not the sci-fi stuff of old where it's, you know, the it's not worst CGI. Yeah. <laughs> but I love Sharktopus. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Damn you, Sharktopus! <laughs> I mean, that's pretty great. That was uh, Ralph Garman's favorite line. Do you know who Ralph Garman is? He's in Glow, too. Glow, isn't he? No. I don't think so. No, I thinking. think you're thinking of Mark Maron. Yeah, but yeah. You are correct on the podcasting. Uh, he's like a radio guy in L.A., so he's really popular in L.A., but outside of L.A., if you know him, you either know him because he's in Yoga Hosers. He's the one that does Adam West and all the different impressions. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. And then he hosts... Uh, Hollywood Babylon with uh, Kevin Smith, which I used to listen to, but I have so many podcasts now that it's like, if I have to distill it to one Kevin Smith podcast, it's going to be Batman on Batman. So, cause that one is just fantastic. It's basically our show in a live audience <laughs> with better hosts. <laughs> 
So the Night Flyers, um, the the showrunner is uh, Daniel's Cerrone. Uh, How do you spell it? C e r o n e. Sure, that sounds right. Uh, what if was, it was Curran and we were just totally wrong? Nobody ever gets it right. Curran, maybe. <laughs> Corona. He's uh best known. He was a showrunner for Dexter. Uh, was writer for The Blacklist, Mentalist, Constantine, and Charmed. Ooh. Um, I, I really... Okay, I used to dig Charmed. Uh, I, Not I, for the show, but for the women? Or? <laughs> I, I kind of dug it a little bit. Like, early on, I watched it a couple... I mean, you got to remember where we were at. I mean, we're talking 2000s, right? Yeah. Uh, what were the other ones? Uh, Constantine. Constantine. Constantine was great. One season, but it was great. Like, if you like him in Legends of Tomorrow, I really suggest to watch that first season. It's really good. Uh, The Mentalist and The Blacklist. And then also Dexter, right? And now, Dexter. Was he showrunner on the front half or the end half? It doesn't say. Yeah. If it's a front half, he was brilliant on that. If it was a back half, he sucked. Because the show... I figured out later the show dipped when they switched showrunners. Like yeah. the original showrunner did one through four, which were mostly great seasons. Season three wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible either. It was just it's it's the least of the first four. But it's better than any of the seasons after that. Like Hmm. That's interesting. I I I'd so, be willing to give it a shot. So just a little story on this. Uh it's set in the year twenty ninety three it's a psychological filler. Follows a team of scientists aboard the Night Flyer, which is the name of the ship. Which we don't seem to really know anything about from the trailer, except for it's ominous. <laughs> yeah, their mission takes them to the edge of the solar system and to the edge of insanity as they realize two horror isn't waiting for them in outer space. It's already on their ship. Oh no! So, like my impressions when I saw this trailer is it. It looks like they made a uh, series out of the movie Event Horizon, almost. Oh, interesting. That's kind of how I saw it. Can I be honest? I've never seen Event Horizon. Really? Yeah, like, everybody who saw it liked it, but then they were, like, had negative things to say about it. And then I've heard over and over again, I just rewatch Event Horizon, and man, that doesn't hold up. So I just, I've never gotten around to actually watching it. See, I watched it, I watched it in the theater when it first came out, and that was the way to watch that movie, because it was really great in the theater. I re-watched it uh, once since, and it was, it's alright on home theater, and then I re-watched it again, like, well, three, four weeks ago, almost, and it was... I thought it held up better than I, I've heard people say it did. Uh huh. Um, just because I, I really like uh, where they mix sci-fi and horror. Not even much. So well, well, it's horror, but like supernatural thriller. Okay. Because it's got this whole because <clears throat> Event Horizon, the whole thing is. They, they open up a wormhole to get through space. And don't they wind up in hell? They had, But the wormhole travels through hell, and so it, like... Gotcha. Yeah, I should check that one out. But, um, yeah, I'll probably check out that show. I just remembered Happy is on sci-fi, and Happy is fucking great. Have you seen <laughs> Happy yet? No. 
yeah, it's it's pretty pretty fun. So I I recommend that one. Um, yeah, sci-fi is kind of stepping their game back up. I, Battlestar Galacta was fucking great. I really wish I'd been in on that one because when you watch that, it's just like I was watching the special effects and I was like, wow, I can't believe this is on sci-fi. So um, even even ba- I mean that shows had its entire run in TV movies and shit, and that's done with at least at the moment. And uh, that was done pretty well. So, yeah, I, sh- I should give sci-fi more credit than I'm giving it right now. That was a network for a long time that I just I wanted to love sci-fi. But, like, the shows were just it so was, corny. God, it was... For a long time, it was, like... They always had stuff on later that you wanted to watch, not when you were actually watching sci-fi. Right. Because yeah. that was back in the day where you, before DVR where you can record shit. Where it was like, I guess you have it, to watch stuff like, and you're flipping through the cable box. I guess they had TiVo, but like I never. Yeah, I couldn't afford TiVo. Yeah, I, I couldn't <laughs> either, dude. That was TiVo was a luxury. I wonder how many people still use TiVo. <laughs> or God, I, think, I swear TiVo. I. Well, I don't know, like, because every once in a while I'll see one and like, uh thrift store or something yeah and but i think you have to have like a service to use it so yeah fuck that fuck that <laughs> they actually have i think roku puts out one now where it has like a recording thing that you can do with it like it, it records stuff to the cloud Weird. and uh yeah they have that stuff now so i know like playstation view you can like if you're watching something on HBO, it it like records like up to thirty minutes. Like that's super weird because HBO has like their streaming service where you can watch all of the stuff that's on it. I wonder. But why like they if do you're that. but like if you're watching say Game of Thrones like when it's premiering, uh huh, you can like record like up to thirty minutes of it and watch it like if you're doing something and washing dishes or something like that but But that's also the weird thing because i don't remember if i have hbo go or now it's whatever one is just streaming but it like i figured out like with game of thrones in particular i know it drops the second game of thrones drops like the second it premieres it goes on to the streaming service so that just seems like a redundancy to me yeah see this the service i have it has it's just uh, two HBOs and then two Cinemax, and it has like the live feed for East and West Coast, right? And then it has like the backlog of everything on demand, so you can watch it live. Like you could watch Game of Thrones at nine o'clock on Sunday night, and then once that's over, like then it hits. ten o'clock, then it hits the on demand. Yeah, I remember back in the old days, the old days, like ten years ago, when they used to, they would have stuff, and then it would drop on on demand at midnight, like the the next day, like at midnight, you know. So you could like, if you missed the Sopranos at like nine o'clock, you could watch it at midnight. So it was like, I, I that was great. Like by the, I think it was by the last season, which was two parts, so it was really over two years. One of those annoying things. But uh, I never had the panic to see it right when it premiered because it was like, it's going to be okay. I can watch it like three hours from now. So, 
There was a while there where it was like appointment though. Like me and my friends, it was just like we would fucking watch it right when it premiered, and then I would always watch it again, like before the next week. God, it's weird. Like there's so few stuff that I watch as it's as it's airs. Yeah. Like I basketball. That's like that's pretty much it for me now. I mean, I was sort of keeping up with some of the CW shows, but then, like, I lose a week, and then I'm like, well, I gotta have to freaking watch them when I can get them now. Yeah. I always watch it on the CW app, so it's like, they get they get it the next day. Yeah. So it's like, I can wait a day. Like, there's nothing earth-shattering enough on CW shows where it's like, I have to see it right that moment, you know? Yeah. But, um... Okay, so I I went to see a movie. We'll just cut this, and then we'll probably get back to some more Comic Con stuff. But uh, I saw Skyscraper, and this With Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yes, the Rock himself, uh, smelled what he got, had cooking. Um, it was a building. <laughs> <laughs> so this is pretty great how I got to see it because. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of HBO. <laughs> but uh it was pretty great the way I got to see it because uh my wife basically all the kids were out of the house and it was just going to be Saran and me cuz she was staying with my mom for the last month and she wanted to go spend time with somebody but like all the kids were at, at various things. And so my wife's like, "Why don't you take her to Transylvania 3?" And I was like, "Ah, oh. I really don't want to see, like, I haven't seen the first two, and that was on purpose. Like, I I don't want to see an Adam Sandler movie. I don't want to see an animated Adam Sandler movie. I saw 10 minutes of Eight Crazy Nights. That was enough. Ugh. Yeah. And uh, so I was just like, uh, well, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to do some favors for me, like some chores or something. I was like telling my daughter. And I was like, and she's like, okay, I'll do whatever day. I really want to go see it. And I was like, all right. And then. I was like, are you sure you don't want to go see Skyscraper? And I'm saying this like a joke because there's no way my daughter wants to see Skyscraper. She's like, yeah, you want to see that? Like, apparently she saw the, like, she was staying with my mom for a month. Uh, She went to Oregon and visited my mom and my brother. And, uh, like, she saw the trailer for Skyscraper in one of the movies they went to. And she wanted to see it really bad. And Grandma Janelle's like, I don't want to see that. And she's like, maybe daddy will take me. She's like, I don't think your daddy wants to see that. So she was super stoked that I wanted to see Skyscraper. So we went to Skyscraper together. It was pretty great. Uh, it is like a really stupid diehard. <laughs> like, <laughs> a really dumb diehard. Like it's diehard with a sci-fi st- style building that's on fire. And The Rock, as you see in the trailer, like with this prosthetic leg, leaps into the building. <laughs> it's just... The whole thing is so dumb. And there's this one part where, like, my daughter was, like, leaning down onto my stomach while I was watching it. And I just started laughing right when a bunch of, like, we were watching it with a lot of older people. Like, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s that were in there. And uh, something happened. Okay, I remember what it was. There's this built, this, like, bridge over this kind of nature area of the building. Because basically inside the building, the like the top the bottom half is all like a shopping centers and all this stuff 
And then they're trying to get the, the top half cleared for apartments so that people can live in the building and then go shopping and everything, you know, just not have to leave the building. And, uh, and so like these thugs like set the building on fire. We don't have to get in this plot. It's real dumb, <laughs> <laughs> but enjoyable. But they had this part where like the rock is going to save one of his kids. And so he, like this bridge that's over this little park like gives out and so he finds a steel beam and lays it down but then he realizes the bridge isn't steady so he tells his wife he's like you gotta go get her and then he grabs a cable off of each side of the bi- bridge and is like supporting it with his biceps and I just started <laughs> laughing right when everybody's gasping while she's walking across because it was so inherently dumb and she's like are you laughing I was like yeah kid." <laughs> And I laughed a lot during the movie because it was just, it's, it was truly a so bad it's good movie. Um, I'm kind of bummed that it like bombed really bad. It's weird because I don't go to a lot of rock movies and I've just really turned around on the rock the last couple of years. And, uh, there's a while there where you could not get me to go to his movies. But now that I've turned around, everybody seems to have turned on the rock. So <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm still way in on the rock. Like, I've seen pretty much everything in the last five years. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest, dude. Movie well, Pass uh, Movie Pass made this so that like I could totally go to Skyscraper, yeah. you know? I had, I think that San Andreas or whatever it was, I think is the only one I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, that looked pretty awful. You got to get Movie Pass, dude. You got to get it before it folds. It's going to fold too. Right now it's so going to fold. It's 9.95 a month right now. Like you got to get it before it folds cuz it's going to it's going to collapse any day now. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, I was reading some article on it the other day and just how like much money that app just hemorrhages. Yeah. Cuz they're they're Counting on like being able to take the metadata from it, and yeah, and the sell the money, sell sell the metadata for money. But I just doesn't pencil out in my mind. I think it could work, but I don't think they're going to get it to work in time. Uh, what I do think is a re- very real possibility is like other than skyscraper and solo, like since they dropped Movie Pass, everything is making money. Um, and Solo was like because they basically filmed two movies. Like, let's be yeah, real they, on that one. If they had just done it, is like if they had just done the original cut or whatever, it would have made enough money, I think. You know, and they, they, of course, they did the thing where it's it bombed, but it still made money. Right. <laughs> I mean, like technically, I don't think it made money just because they the reshoots were so expensive. But what, whatever, that doesn't matter. Um, what does matter is like, like even documentaries are coming out to theater and like making more money than documentaries have ever made because people are just hammering stuff with movie pass now. And so I think what's going to wind up happening out of this is like the theaters are getting such a boom from it. I think they're going to realize if they drop ticket prices, like if movie pass folds, if they drop movie or movie ticket prices, they're going to make more money. 
I really do think they will because you get more people into the movies. They don't intend on like buying concessions, but it happens. So I think that they're gonna they're gonna realize hopefully that like if you don't make these tickets so fucking expensive, people will come to the movies and you can make more money than having these really expensive tickets. That's my hope anyway. I guess we'll find out. But um, you had me watch another trailer. What we'll we'll go back to Comic Con here. Um, so for Titans, Titans. So. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and give me your opinion, cause uh, well, I just watched it on my phone, and like, it is shot so dark it looked like a black screen on my phone. <laughs> and for those that don't know, they basically made a live action dark TV show. For the Teen um, Titans, for Teen Titans, for the DC Universe app. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got Robin, Starfire, Beast Boy, or whatever. Beast Boy. Yeah, yeah, and I don't remember the fourth character, but it's got four of the characters in it. It didn't look like it did. I didn't see Cyborg in that. No, Cyborg's not in it that we know of, anyway. Um, yeah, the the thing where he's like, fuck Batman, I just started giggling as soon as he said that, because I'm like, this show looks so fucking bad. It it's looks like pretty bad. It's like they're like, hey, you know that tone that people don't like in the movies? Let's just do this for the DC like streaming platform. Yeah, we're going to charge people a lot of money for this. So, Yeah, it's apparently a, it's going to be $7.99 a month for the DC streaming app. Which I'll pay at least once to see what's on there and kind of gauge from there. Because it, the, so far what I've read is for, for the DC streaming app is it's movies, TV <clears throat> shows, uh, and comics. It's kind of like the Marvel comic. Oh, app. it's got comics yeah. too? Yeah. Oh, that's badass. Dude, that's worth it just for the comics then. But. Like I, I know they're gonna have a lot of their animated movies on there, and that's that's worth it to me just for that because DC is really really good at animate. Like their animation arm is pretty good. Um, so yeah, like I'm really interested in this app. But I guess like seven ninety nine a month, eighty dollars if you buy a year. Right. So, um, I'll start with a month and see see how taken I am with it. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this Titans thing, I'm not, I'm not necessarily looking forward to that show, but I'll totally watch it just to review it, you know. Yeah, and I was, I saw the um, trailer for it earlier today, and then I was reading some on Facebook this afternoon. They are just ripping the shit out of that trailer. Um. So yeah, it's not getting good reviews so far. <laughs> no. And well, I, I didn't see anything that really intrigued me. Like no, it just it it looked like all the unpleasant stuff they were trying to step away from in Justice League, but still bogged themselves down a little bit with it. Like they just doubled down on it for the show. Yeah, and it it like, and for me especially, like it looked like they're attempt at doing what like marvel's doing with the netflix shows Mm -hmm. but like even darker and then i'm like 
the Marvel shows are so dark already, and I just like, there's no way I want to watch this. Yeah. One difference I would say is the Marvel shows, for the most part, are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not super dark, though, is the thing. They have moments of levity, but it is, it is like, uh, they're really trying to depict, like, gangs and things like that, and so it, it's darker, but... DC is just like, they're taking fantastical things and trying to make them gritty. And it doesn't work because, like, like the reason why Nolan's movies worked with that tone, for one, he's a great director. But for two, he was trying to ground it in reality. And, like, Batman is a character that you can totally ground in reality because... Yeah, but that doesn't translate to Superman. Or... Right. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like, when you start... Inter- Hey, when you start introducing superheroes, it just doesn't work because it's too fantastical. Yeah, you get like, I mean, it's just so many of those characters that just, you can't really ground them in, well, because, I mean, Flash? (laughs) I mean, when you really boil down, like, if you want to see a good Flash, it's got to get a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it, it needs to get weird if you want it to work. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially... And, and, and you get outside that, like, you get characters like Martin Martian Manhunter. Like, you can't ground that guy in reality at all to, to get a good representation of him on screen. Did I say that theory on the show that Mark Bernardin came up with on... Uh, Batman on Batman about Chris Pine being in Wonder Woman 1984. He's he posits that maybe it's because it's Martian Manhunter. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, that's a really good theory. It would totally make sense, and I kind of hope that's what they're doing for that. That'd be I would I'm I'm so in on Martian Manhunter, and like I like him on Supergirl, but like they can't fully explore him because it's like a TV show and budgetary. Yeah. So you have the same actor playing him all that, you know, he always goes to the same form almost always. So you're like taking away one of the big powers of Martian Manhunter, which is he can look like anybody and sound like anybody, you know, um, they only rarely use that in a show. Yeah. And it, they really, uh, they put him in a position where he can't use that power because he's like in charge of that that arm of the government. So like he's he's pushing papers and giving orders, you know. Yeah, and you know what? Like when I've watched a lot of the animation animated stuff, a lot of the time he's just in his like natural Martian form, mm-hmm. which is. Not what they... I mean, he's very... In Supergirl, like... Once every two or three episodes, you see his natural form. Right. Yeah. Which I, I get I get for that. It's probably a lot of work. I'm sure it's a lot of work to... Put on all those prosthetics. Prosthetics or animated. CGI animated. Have you ever seen the pilot for the Justice League show? That's on YouTube? No. Like, they were, they were making it for the late 90s i think and uh it is so goofy like the martian manhunter just looks awful like it's the least convincing costume you've ever seen it's fucking hilarious 
Yeah, if you ever want a good laugh, just put on that pilot. It's it's so fucking bad. But I would have watched the shit out of it at the time just because, you know, late 90s, we didn't have anything. <laughs> it's amazing how much time things have changed over time. Yeah, I was talking earlier today uh, with my friend Erica about, like, we were talking about our shared love of Phil Collins. It just, like, I didn't even bring it up. It just kind of came up. But... Our favorite song that he's involved in is that Genesis song, uh, Oh Superman, where are you? Oh, Land of Confusion. Yeah, Land of Confusion, yeah. I was just listening to that (laughs) yesterday. And I was like, I was a nerd in an era where, like, we didn't have anything. Like, we had old school Batman, like, 60s Batman. We had, like, two Superman movies and a Genesis song. That's all we had. (laughs) I love the shit out of that song. Just because he name drops Superman in it, <laughs> I st- I still maintain that is one of the creepiest music videos of all time. Oh, with the yeah, they they have all these like uh, rubber Muppets. Yeah, the, like it was. I guess it was done by a puppeteer who had like a really successful s- satire show in Great Britain, where they would use those puppets to like satirize like different uh, political figures. political figures. Yeah. And so, like, they use that because it was like, if if you were British, you knew exactly what they're driving at. But if you're not, it's just fucking weird <laughs> and creepy. <laughs> I love that video, but it is super weird and creepy. Even their Superman is, like, weird and creepy in that video. No, it's Ronald Reagan dressed up as Superman. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> or a creepy rubber Muppet version get, of Reagan dressed up as Superman. The only way it could get creepier is if it was Putin... With his hand up a Trump puppet. You know what I mean? Which is a little bit close to real life. So we'll just move on from that. I'll just leave that there. Um, So DC has been very, very active at Comic-Con so far. Like dropping all the shows that they're doing. So another one that they announced. And I don't have a whole lot of information on it. There's not a lot out right now. But Greg Berlanti is producing... uh, another one for the DC streaming platform for Stargirl. So this I actually have high hopes for. Haven't seen anything from it yet, but it's Greg Berlanti. I can't imagine it's going to be that off a tone of the CW stuff, right? Like, he has a formula that works. Yeah, and I don't see him really getting out of that. Do you know how many shows that'll be for him? Fifteen. Good lord. That is his 15th greenlit show. That is... He's a busy man. Yeah, that is insanity. And they're mostly superheroes. <laughs> Not all, but mostly. He's just doing a good job with most of them. Yeah. Yeah, like everything but Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Arrow gets no love. <laughs> That's because it doesn't deserve love. <laughs> But I don't know anything about Stargirl, so I really I don't have a ton to say about I it. I know right nothing now. about Stargirl. This is something that just like they teased out, so that I'll, I'll just leave that there. But um, another show that they're doing, which I believe, yeah, it is a Greg Berlanti show as well. Is uh, they've already filmed the crossover that they're doing with Batwoman that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, so. The executives liked it so much that they ordered a Batwoman show. Nice. So Berlanti will be producing a Batwoman show, and she will be an open lesbian in the show. So that's 
that's good because that is the character like the character of batwoman that everybody loves who who loves batwoman like that's the character so i think there's been a couple of them but well i mean that is definitely not something as new in the berlanti verse because they've had four lesbian characters but nobody who was the headline character Right, like, I mean, you can make a case that Sarah's the biggest character in Legends of Tomorrow right now. Yeah. But it's it's an ensemble show. Right. Like, this is a lesbian in the lead, so there's not even that many shows on TV that... Is there another show on TV that has a lesbian as the lead? I don't think there is. I can't come up with one on top of my head. Yeah. I mean, there's so many shows I wouldn't be surprised if there was one, but... This one's gonna get eyeballs for sure gonna get these eyeballs i love batwoman she's great she's like a military brat and then winds up becoming batwoman it's it's awesome uh so just marching through um so another another comic-con revelation was apparently clone wars did five seasons uh my daughter and me are about two and a half in so we're about halfway through the run right now but uh apparently they never finished up their their story and so disney announced that they're green lighting an end to the clone wars they're going to do a couple more episodes i think like a dozen i read so they're going to finish up the story that they started to tell and i guess they kind of touched on it and rebels a little bit but they're going to actually like close out the story so that's a home run like i think they're doing it for the disney platform that they're building so everything's about the platforms right now it's all about the platform yeah but um, I I think that's going to be a home run because I know so many people who watch Clone Wars or are watching Clone Wars, you know, because it's a show that definitely like holds up. Like when it was on, I had zero interest of watching it. And then I kept hearing from people, no, like it actually kind of makes the prequels good. And I couldn't believe that for the longest time. But now I'm watching it. It's like, yeah, they do a really good job following these characters. So um, I still hate Anakin. And I know a lot of people who like the show really like Anakin, but they totally nail him. Like, he's a fucking cocky dick. And, like, that's why I didn't like Anakin. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was a cocky dick, you know? I didn't hate him as a child as most people did, but I didn't love him either. But as a teenager, he was just unfucking bearable. <laughs> that's not Hayden Christensen's fault. That's the cards he was dealt from Lucas, you know? Yeah. Just to be clear on that, <laughs> who I'm blaming is George. <laughs> so it was officially announced today Comcast is dropping out of the race for the Fox. Yay. They, uh, they're pushing their, what they're going to try and take over uh, the Sky Network, which is British. I don't know what it is, but. So they're, they're trying to buy that arm from uh, from Fox? Yeah. But yeah, they so, can have that. But <laughs> it looks like everything is a go as far as Disney buying Fox. So they just have to get it cleared from the government now. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still still a ways off, but at least there's uh, not competition in the way. So Yeah, so we might be about five years from having the Sony characters interact with the mcu or not sony i'm sorry fox characters interact with the mcu yay we, we can get deadpool and some of the x-men 
I'm not like super huge on the X-Men, but I'd be really interested to see what the MCU does with the X-Men because if there's one thing they've proven to me, they can take any character and like make it work. So I'm definitely into this. So somebody pointed out um, uh, Easter egg in one of the uh, new X-Men comics, how they might pull the X-Men into the MCU. How's that? Well, in the comic, the cl- way back when the Celestials introduced the bacterium that into the human race that causes mutations. Uh huh. So through the Celestials, they might they could pull in the X Men into the MCU. Oh yeah, and they're making a Celestial movie, aren't they? Probably. Yeah, so maybe they can work it in with that. So, I mean, they this is a fairly new comic that just came out. So, there's they're looking forward to the future anyway. So, smart. That's really smart. Um, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, Iron Fist, like they just did a, a trailer for season two. Which didn't have a whole lot. There wasn't a lot to it. It's, you know, just a teaser, basically. But uh, they announced that uh, they're going to do the Daughters of the Dragon for the the second season. So that is uh, Misty from Luke Cage, who has a bionic arm. And uh, I can't remember her name, but his his, his uh, comrade in, in uh, Iron Fist, they team up and do Daughters of the Dragon. So that's I think that's cool. They're like kind of expanding that world a little bit and they did a really good job with Danny Rand and uh the one episode he's in on Luke Cage so <clears throat> they got a new showrunner so I'm willing to give the second season a try you know like I didn't totally hate the first season but it it could have been so much better you know it could have been a lot better than it was so um I'm I'm hopeful for it like I, I'm still marching through these Netflix shows except for Punisher I'm like Five episodes in. <laughs> I've been staring at it like I really should just finish these, but I haven't yet. Oh, I, I, that was the last Netflix show or like the Marvel Netflix show that I actually finished mm-hmm. was Punisher. I think it was just more boredom than anything to like that I finally finished it. Okay. I, it wasn't. It wasn't anything earth-shattering to me, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a character I'm super excited about for the most part, so it's... Uh, I, I know a lot of people get behind Punisher in a big, big way, but a lot of those people scare me, so... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could be the Punisher. No! <laughs> but, uh... Well, moving on, uh, it was also announced that Greg Nicotero, who was at one point a showrunner for The Walking Dead, I don't know if he is anymore I don't think he not, is anymore. But I know he's doing Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, he is going to be producing the sh- uh, an anthology horror show for Creep Show, which was the old yeah George Romero movie that was based off of three Stephen King stories. Um, had Ted Danson in one of them, as I recall, and Leslie Nielsen in the same story. 
And then I think it had a sequel as well. And apparently, I thought there was like three of them, if I remember right. But I know movies. of two. I don't know of a third, but I'm not saying it's not out there. Like, uh, I I did for sure see two of them. Like, I my favorite story of all of them because I think they both had three stories. And my favorite story was in the second one, which was the raft, which was also a I think it was a short story in Skeleton Crew that Stephen King did. But it's basically all these teenagers are stuck like they're on this like raft in the middle of a lake like a not actually a raft but like you know where they would they see this when we're kids all the time i don't see them as much anymore but like <clears throat> they'd have the floating thing out there with the you know with the boards and like you'd swim out to it and so they're out on this thing and there's this weird oil slick that just like disintegrate somebody and it like takes them out one by one and so finally this one teenager like there's two of them left and he has sex with his girlfriend on the raft and then like she falls asleep and then like it kind of goes onto his hair and so hey <laughs> you're ruining the podcast and so the um the the dog or the dog <laughs> Now I'm all now I'm all out of sorts here, but um, and so when the the slick goes onto this girl's hair, the guy like leaps off the raft and like swims onto the beach, and like the slick goes to follow him but doesn't quite make it, and then he's on the edge of the beach and he's yelling, "I beat you! I beat you! You son of a bitch!" And then it makes a wave and kills him. <laughs> nice. And I always just loved it for that ending because it's kind of a douchey move to sacrifice his girlfriend to to survive, you know? Yeah. So, according to IMDb, there were three of them. There was one in 82, two came out in 87, and then three came out in 2006. Interesting. Oh, that's way after. Okay. Yeah. I'm betting Romero had nothing to do with that. That was probably a straight-to-video joint, I betcha. Well... 96, we were in high school. I felt like I would have known about that if that hit the theaters. 2006. Or 2006, sorry. Yeah, that's, wow, that's quite a bit of distance. Yeah. But while you're looking that up, I guess Greg Nicotaro worked the special effects on the first one. So, like, he actually has a place in his heart. But I hope this works out because we've heard a couple of times that they were trying to, like, make these anthology horror shows. Some of them are in the works and some of them have been, you know, they were in the works and then they wound up dissolving. So I don't know what it is that's so hard to make an anthology horror series, but I feel like we're primed for one right now, you know? Yeah. No Romero. No, he's definitely not involved in the third one. Yeah, not surprising. He was slowly working on uh, dead movies. <laughs> yeah, there was just a certain point towards the end of uh, uh, his run, like Romero's run, where he was just just working on like Night of Living Dead movies, you know? I think he knew that would ultimately be his legacy, so... As well it should be. Uh, they dropped a trailer for Better Call Saul for the fourth season. This one looks like it's going to be dark, and it does a lot of Breaking Bad crossover. Like, they've been doing it more with each season, but there is a lot of crossover with Breaking Bad in this, uh, excuse me, in this trailer. So, I'm excited for this. 
Um, apparently, they they did say that Walter White and Jesse are not going to be in in this uh, season, but there will be there will be something in it that has already happened in Breaking Bad. They said you're just going to see it from like a different perspective. So that's interesting to me too. Like I, I love, I love Better Call Saul. I love Breaking Bad. I'm really happy that they're coming closer to like finishing out this story. But yeah, I love Better Call Saul so much that I'm not in a rush for them to like connect it all just yet. Yeah, you know, like I want them to definitely finish the story and not get canceled. You know, but um, I think Better Call Saul has turned into a pretty good show on its own right so stop whoa we listened (laughs) i have to clap because my dog's going deaf now so it's probably all this high-pitched barking um did you see the new trailer for bohemian rhapsody i did see that yeah (laughs) yeah i'm way looking forward to that movie yeah it looks like they actually like cover freddie mercury's lifestyle a little bit <clears throat> um one thing that's really really uh I guess like occurred to me it occurred to me a little bit in the first trailer but like watching the second trailer dude that guy is playing Brian May is spot on. He sounds exactly like Brian May. And, he looks like and him. he looks a lot like Brian May which is a very easy look to pull off. <laughs> but like he definitely sounds like Brian May too. And seems to have his mannerisms, so I'm I'm really I'm even more excited for this. So, a couple that was four or five weeks ago. It was after the first trailer came out. Um, they actually had a uh, the two surviving members of Queen were on James Corden. There's only two. <clears throat> no, the two are it's still in the band, probably. So I'm guessing it's uh, Roger Deakins and uh, Brian May, like the yeah. guitarist and drummer. Yeah, so John Deacon has just stepped away from the music business completely, like for a while. Um, he's really disenchanted with the music business. So, like, he has nothing to do with this movie. He, like, he doesn't do anything, like, publicly anymore. So, I but thought, I thought I, one of them died. I don't. Well, yeah, Freddie Mercury. No, I thought <laughs> the other one died, though. I don't think so, but go ahead and, and tell the story, and I'll, I'll um, Anyway, up. so, um, and they were promoting, because uh, the two remaining members of Queen and uh, Adam Lambert are doing a set of shows this fall in Vegas um, with Adam Lambert saying... And they did uh, a uh, sing-off between Adam Lambert and James Corden. Okay. Singing uh, Queen songs. And it was was really kind of sad to see because those guys are old. Yeah. Like, they look so... Like, especially when you put them, like... Adam Lambert, like, singing up in front of him, because he's, like, 27-ish. I mean, I think they're in their 70s. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're all like gray haired old men, like Brian May is still playing the guitar and uh Roger Taylor behind the drums and uh, God he looks old. And it was just kinda sad, like, why are they still doing this? So um so I just looked it up. So John Deacon is still alive. He the last time he did anything in the music industry was in ninety seven. He recorded with uh with the other two remaining members. Uh he did this song that was on this Queen Rocks album called No One But You, Only the Good Die Young. It was like a pretty good song, I thought. But um that was the last time he did anything. He hasn't done any of the stuff with the other two where they've gotten Adam Lambert or they got uh, Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers, yeah, before that. Um yeah, he just retired from the music industry. And I remember the first I was aware of that was uh, I have this DVD of um, it was like a VH1 series where they they cover perfect albums. And so they did a night at the opera. And so they had quite a few interviews with like uh, Roger, uh, Roger Taylor. Like I said, Roger Deacon earlier. I, I apologize because it's John Deacon. I was mixing up their names but now roger taylor and and brian may doing quite a bit in it and uh brian may said like i suspect that john deacon won't give you an interview because he's he's fed up with the music business and that was all he said but right then i was like okay so john deacon probably has nothing to do with any of this stuff that they're doing but yeah um according to this Deacon was upset by Mercury's death in November 91, which triggered reducing his musical activity. He later said, as far as we're concerned, this is it. There is no point in carrying on. It's impossible to replace Freddie. After playing live with Queen three more times at the Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert for AIDS Awareness in 1992, um, a charity concert with Roger Taylor and Midhurst October 93, and at the opening of the Bejart Ballet in Paris on January 1997, performing only the show Must Go On with Elton John on lead vocals, he made the decision to retire from music, reappearing briefly just to do that one song, basically. Um, oh, he's spoken out unfavorably about the May Taylor Robbie Williams cover of We Are the Champions recorded for a Knight's Tale. I I've actively hated that too because classic rock just didn't belong in like a medieval movie. It just <laughs> really bothered me. As Aaron Donaldson would say, uh, it's sound politics, man, you know? <laughs> Which, by the way, I saw um, last week, I saw last Friday, I saw Aaron Donaldson. He was in town. Wow. He was playing in his band, uh, Insects on the Bow. I think that's how you say it. But, uh, yeah, I went and did the hot sauce challenge. Uh, well, that's not true. The hot sauce committee or whatever. And, like, Dub and Matt Campbell from the We Had a Good Life podcast were there. And uh, it's interesting, man. The first, the first eight hot sauces increased in heat, but they weren't really that bad. And they were, they were all pretty good. The ninth one was good, but was actually hot. And then uh, we went to do the last one, and I felt nothing for about 45 seconds. And then the slight heat started up and started building and building and building. 
And it continued to do that for about 20 minutes. Oof. Like at the 15 minute mark, I it, like it hurt so bad. I like ran and ate a bunch of ice cream and it did not immediately kill it. Like all that happened was it stopped at the heat from building, but it still burned. <laughs> and then as soon as I swallowed the ice cream, it just started building again, dude. <laughs> it was rough, man. I guess the act, the, the main ingredient of that one is this hot sauce called the rapture. And, oh. uh, the main ingredient of that was Trinidad scorpion peppers. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's not something you fuck with. Apparently not. Uh, we also had something with ghost peppers in it. Habaneros, jalapenos, but none of that really hit me that hard. But holy fuck, that last one. Like, we all kind of agreed that, like, the first nine are, like, stuff that you would eat. Like, Cody Eckmeyer put it a really good way. Like, I'd put all those other ones in my eggs. Not the tenth one, dude, because we all decided the tenth one was basically a dare. <laughs> like <laughs> it tasted awful, and uh, Matt Campbell had a really funny line. There was this one uh, hot sauce I can't remember the name of it, but it was a silver label that had this like t- like kind of monochrome tiger on it, and uh, it was like pure black. It had like charcoal extract in it. And it was just this goopy black shit that we like put on the wing, and it actually tasted kind of good. It had like prunes and stuff in it, I guess, but it was it was pretty good. But like, it looks so gross. And Matt at one point is like, "Is this what they put in Danny DeVito's mouth in Batman Returns?" <laughs> and I was like, oh. "It was so funny. It was amazing that the entire room got that joke because <laughs> you just never know, you know." It's kind of a deep poll nowadays, you know? <laughs> God, we got that old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. To be fair, most of the people in that room were around my age, though. So not well, everybody, yeah. but most of them. So I guess maybe it wasn't that deep of a poll for that age group. But I, th- I feel like almost everybody saw Batman Returns around our age, right? I would think so. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. If you're in the United States in the 90s, you probably saw Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I uh, did see a movie this week. I saw The Big Sick. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? I really liked it. I was hoping my wife was going to watch it with me, but she was busy watching YouTube, so I watched it in the bedroom. She was watching YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh I don't want to start with that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so I was in the bedroom and was just flipping through Amazon like, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger on this. Plus, I've had your uh, real roulette with Aaron Donaldson, like, downloaded in my queue, but i would been waiting till I, like, watched the movie first. Oh, wow. That's been, like, five months. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a... <laughs> It's been a grip for that. Um. Anyway, and so then I next day I listened to your podcast at work, and I will have to disagree with the uh, important number of the movie. What did we pick? I don't even. You picked remember. one for uh, one man show. Okay. The number would have been two. Why is that? The two day rule. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would have given it to you for that. 
And considering we landed on a triple X movie, <laughs> I wish I'd gone with that. <laughs> but then again, maybe we would have gotten something way worse. <laughs> By the way, uh, Real Roulette is not done. If, if you're wondering, uh, I, I was actually talking with Aaron, not, not when I just saw him, but a little bit on Messenger. And, uh, I think we're gearing up to do another episode, but I don't know exactly when. It's kind of a crazy summer right now. I got all four of my kids with me. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll have to probably wait till the school year kicks in, I'm thinking, before I can sit down and do, like, a podcast. Because we already do this every week, and uh, banning the kids from the living room twice a week could go very, very badly, I think. <laughs> so. <laughs> Especially that one, because I think people respect it a little bit less when you're, like, talking to a camera on a computer. You know what I mean? It's like all they see is me with my headphones talking to myself and occasionally laughing like an insane person. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. Well, did you have anything else to cover, or should we wrap this up? Uh, I did have one other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, This week, I believe it was yesterday was Hunter S. Thompson's 81st, would have been 81st birthday. Okay. So I thought I'd end the podcast with a Hunter S. Thompson story. Yay! This is one of my favorite segments of the show. (laughs) Okay, so he submitted a short story for a short story contest and included a cover letter, and I thought I'd include the contents of the cover letter along with it okay um it was the short story was in uh the proud highway and the cover letter goes along and says i have been informed that you're holding a short story contest for the writers under 30 my entry hit him again jack is enclosed i expect to win this contest and receive funds from you in the future i'm 27 years old and have only published one story although i have Earn my living as a roving correspondent for the Natural Observer and National. Am, National Observer, sorry. That's okay. And am, as it were, a journalist of the first rank. At present, I my situation is desperate. I urge you to be quick with the funds. <laughs> it's a classic hunter. <laughs> he's always trying to get more money and he's always trying to get more time. <laughs> but I, oh oh shoot. Um. So it do- doesn't say whether what happened to the short story contest, but again, that did get published in that one book. Um. Yeah, and I I own the book, so. <laughs> and I got one other Hunter S. Thompson quote here. It's the only difference between the sane and insane is the sane have power to lock up the insane. You function or you don't. Functionally insane. If you get paid for r- running amok and writing about it, I call that sane. <laughs> he always, my favorite quote of Hunter's that I, I quote actually quite a bit is, uh, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. I always <laughs> love that. That's Hunter's life right there. Well, I think we fucked this out for tonight, so take it easy.
Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.